Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Jeff Pence of Jolt. Jeff, it's so great to have you on. Yeah, thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for joining. So, Tell me a bit about yourself and your company. Yeah, no problem. I'm a native Chicagoan and currently living in the Chicago area as well. Spent a lifetime sort of living away and coming back. (laughs) I spent really my entire adult life somehow attached or attracted to the restaurant business. My first teenage job, I was filling in frosting donuts at Dunkin' Donuts in Brookfield, Illinois. And you name it, I've worked every position in a restaurant, busboy, chef, restaurant manager, owner. And I spent about the last 25 years working in the technology side of the space. Hmm. I worked at companies like Micros in the POS world and Panasonic for Connected Restaurant and Oracle Food and Beverage, where I looked after global accounts and sports and entertainment and some of the food service management companies. So I recently joined Jolt about six months ago to lead the global direct and sales, direct sales and marketing efforts. Uh, a little bit about Jolt, eight-year-old company who created software, which is available on smartphones or tablets, and it really helps restaurants and business achieve team accountability, digital food safety compliance, and it really boosts employee performance. Uh, the company's headquartered in Lehigh, Utah. It's founded by our CEO, Josh Bird. Uh, what's interesting is Josh was a restaurant owner, franchised with a large global brand. Nice. And uh, he truly created the uh, Jolt software to solve his own business needs. Oh, that's really cool. So, yeah. so uh, the software, you're telling me it's, it uh, replaces a lot of like manual processes and checklists and compliance and all this stuff for restaurants. That's right. One thing that Josh as a franchise owner was faced with is just lots of paperwork, logs, mm-hmm. manual processes, and a lot of challenges around completing simple you know, daily tasks by his staff. And in other words, he could never leave his restaurant because he had to be, really stand over everybody to make sure that they did what they're supposed to do. And not to mention just the risks associated with non-complying with food safety and even brand requirements. And he also, one of the big reasons that he created the Jolt software is he had a major inventory loss to a break, due to a breakdown of some cold storage equipment. Mm. And so part, part of that Jolt solution also monitors cold storage. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, you never, at least as a consumer, I never think of all the inner working pieces and parts of a restaurant, but it sounds like you're really playing an integral role in keeping that restaurant functioning and making sure everything's all up to compliance. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, it's been a crazy year with 2020, and it's had all sorts of implications on different industries and especially the restaurant industry. What does that look like for you guys in, in this space and working with these restaurants? Yeah, well, you brought up a good point. And I'm sure as you and your listeners have heard, the restaurant industry is one of the hardest hit businesses throughout the pandemic, not just domestically, but globally as well. And I think especially hit hard was the independent restaurant space as well. And then throw in their table service restaurants food service management companies that operate in sports and entertainment, corporate dining, airport concessions have really all been hit the hardest. Who has done fairly well is the quick service restaurant group, you know, Mm. thankfully because of the drive-through. And, but the other thing that had happened, and it's even starting to bring the full service restaurants up 
quite a bit from uh, where it was about three or four months ago was the really transformation into a digital delivery and carryout business, hmm. changing their model when they couldn't have indoor dining and allowing them to keep their doors open in a way, but still way below normal operational revenues. I'd say quick service is doing pretty good, but the rest of the verticals within food service have really suffered. And so miraculously, Jolt is doing well and we've survived. Yeah, but our business is flourishing because of a couple of different things, really. And it's part of the reasons where, or part of the impact that COVID has had on restaurants is the importance of tasks and sanitization checklists to comply with, frankly speaking, the ever-changing rules and regulations around operations during this pandemic. And I think just even operational changes with the restaurant business in that transformation of digital. And then the last thing is really they're having to do a lot more with a lot less staff because their dining rooms aren't open. Having a tool like Jolt that helps them do less with more, I'm sorry, do more with less, <laughs> had that backwards, is super important. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I imagine, yeah, you, you don't even think about all the changing regulations and things and all the extra tasks that these restaurants have to do. Sounds like yeah. you guys were right there beside them, helping them sort all that out. The other thing, just to touch on from a sales perspective, and I am a sales leader and I have a sales force that works for me. And some of the big changes this year is really nearly every customer engagement is now on a video call like we're having today. Customers and prospects aren't nearly as available as you know previous days because the other part of this is they're uh, day is filled with internal calls and video calls, you know, really due to the nature of the more remote workforce within their own companies. And customers are, and prospects are just being slammed also with emails from all the work at home sales guys like me <laughs> and others yeah. who are, frankly, some of them are desperate because sales are really low due to the pandemic. And so they're just getting a barrage of requests for video conferences. They're getting a ton of emails and just Trying to get time with a prospect or a customer is just super challenging today. Mm -hmm. And I'd say those who have had or worked in the industry for a long period of time at least can rely on some personal and business relationships that they've built over the years to raise their chances of, of connecting with them. And I'll tell you the other thing, too, is like sales meetings and presentations are just way different than in-person meetings now that we're virtual. Oh, Totally. So what are some of the pivots that you've made when it comes to building relationships with customers and especially this year now that it's all remote and digital and all that? Yeah, it's an interesting question. And first and foremost, the difference between an in-person meeting and a virtual meeting and some of the things that you never, some apply, some of the same things apply, but some, there's a lot of differences that you just have to be aware of and plan around. And how do you make a virtual presentation memorable? especially if there's a, a team of sales folks on the call from your company and you're trying to engage with each other and pass things and incorporate conversation from multiple peoples, it's people within the team. It's confusing and still allowing the customer and prospect to interact with you as well. I think so trying to get your message across really quickly but I think the biggest challenge is holding attention, holding their attention and having that kind of impact so to try to get the audience to engage uh, versus all the distractions that we all have from working from home, noise, 
dogs, kids who are also stuck at home and homeschooling and let's call it the new coworker of the world, aka your spouse, who's having a remote meeting at the very same time you are and sharing sharing your limited office space. I'll, I'll tell you something we did or we do at Jolt is the sales team has a, a monthly book club. And we let the sales folks pick the book that we want to review. And we've read everything from your strategic selling and spin selling and good to great, the normal typical books you'd find in a sales organization. One of our guys suggested for our last book club meeting, because in school, he took a presentation class and he remembered reading a book called The Exceptional Presenter. Hmm. Well, anyways, he had discovered a newer version of this book called The Exceptional Presenter Goes Virtual. Hmm. And, and so we did that last week. We did our book review and it and had some interesting things to consider as you're hosting a virtual presentation. And it's a lot of planning, really boiled, boiled down to a lot of planning and recognizing that you're working with a small space and a camera and how do you hold your hands and, and so you don't go out of camera range. So it was a lot of really good tidbits of information to help you go virtual. That's awesome. So making it much more structured than than it might be like if it's casual lunch in person or something. That's right. There was always a lot of planning for customer meetings, but it's a lot more planning has to be done in order to engage somebody that's virtual with a lot of distractions. Oh, totally. Yeah. So what key advice would you give other sales and marketing leaders in this space and then more broadly for this year, for building those customer relationships, for really connecting with the customer in today's environment, that sort of thing. Yeah. I'll tell you what, it's, you certainly have to be authentic. There's a long list of things, everything that you have to do, build relationships and to preserve those long-term relationships. And I'll mention a few of them, but trust me, there's a lot more work than what I'm saying. And so you really just have to demonstrate always that authentic concern for their business. It's one of those things where you have to do what you said you were going to do, when you were going to do it to create that trust and um, really engage deeply and actively listen. It's really about asking great questions during a sales process to earn that trust. But you also have to support them the way that within their own organization is they're supporting you. You also have to recognize right away and all the time that we're here for them. They're not here for us. And you have to remember that. And because of the current situation, you have to be super respectful of their time and all the worries and challenges that they're faced with, especially in the restaurant space, they're battling some big battles just to stay alive. And so they're you just really have to pay attention again to their time, their strategy. And you also you know, have to win or help them win, add value internally to their organization as well. And I think the other unique thing that since everybody's really stuck at home and there's not a ton of face-to-face -face interactions, they really appreciate the buyers, the the customers and the prospects really appreciate when you bring them insights that you've learned through conversations with other customers about the industry, about their competitors, and about their own company, oftentimes, if you're speaking to their franchise community. I love that. That's really cool. So have you guys been collecting up some insights and then sharing them out with, with all your customers? Yeah, no doubt. There's a lot of the same. They appreciate hearing that they're not the only brand that's challenged. But the most interesting insights that we bring them is oftentimes at the corporate level, there may be a different, let's just say a different perspective than what we hear from the franchisees. And oftentimes 
uh, a lot of their franchisees aren't willing to say strong things or risky things. And mm. so when we can bring that sort of anonymously to them, when they think things are going well in the franchise community, we could say, yeah, but we've spoken to some of your large franchisees and this is what we're hearing their challenges are. And they're really looking for your support on how to solve those. Love it. That's awesome. One of the things I love to hear is those personal stories when it comes to building relationships uh, with your customers. I know you had a story to share with me that you're telling me a bit about. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, no problem, Brad. It, it was a long time ago. <laughs> I'd say when I was when I was director of operations for for Micros, and one of the things that I created was a program to make sure that customers always had an avenue to escalate any kind of issue or problem with. The way we did that was a link at the bottom of their email to say if you need to speak to a member of leadership, please click here. And a directory came up. My name and my cell phone number was at the top of that list. And as you can imagine, when a restaurateur wasn't super happy about something, often Oftentimes, they just went right to the top of the list, which was my cell phone number. And one day, I got a call from a gentleman named Mike. And Mike was really upset about, he thought he was overcharged by a couple of hundred dollars on a project that we had completed for him. And I believe it was a Saturday or a Sunday. And I said, I just listened to him and certainly showed compassion and just said, Mike, look, uh, I know this is important to you and it's serious to me as well. Give me a couple of days. It's the weekend now. Let me talk to the accounting folks and figure out what what the issue is. A couple of days later, I found out, in fact, we did overcharge him. And I called him back and let him know that, hey, Mike, you've got a credit coming your way. It'll be on your account. We apologize. We certainly did overcharge you. and certainly wasn't our intent. And anyways, I also, beyond the credit, sent him a couple of cases of paper for his receipt printers and He was just over the moon. Lo and behold, Mike went up through the ranks and became the CEO of the company. And you know, three companies later, I still do business with Mike, the CEO, Hmm. and and just earned a level of trust. And it was because I paid attention, I listened hard, and I followed up, and I did what I said I was going to do. That's awesome. I love that story. Thanks for joining, Jeff. I really appreciate your time today and uh, sharing all your wisdom, insights, and knowledge when it comes to sales. Yeah, not not a problem. I just, thanks so much for offering the offering up the conversation.